For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Magnificent return of Over the Line. That's right. A long time coming. Long time coming. I'm a little nervous, actually. Is that weird? Which, y'all know I, I get anxiety about everything, but I am. I'm a little nervous that we're back. <laughs> it's been that long. It, it's seriously, it's been months, months and months and months. And finally, we've we found ourselves back in the position of being able to attempt to do this again. Now, I can't promise you that nothing will go wrong for those of you that are watching it live, but we're going to try it. We're going to see what happens. Then we're going to take this episode, this live episode, and then we're going to post it on the podcast platforms. For your listening pleasure, whenever you want to listen to it. But we'll we'll see what happens. Been a big day for me, by the way. I got a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited about that. I got a haircut. I didn't think that was ever going to happen, but it did. Uh, and it was weird because I, what I did was my barbershop opened for the first time today. And I, I didn't know that was going to happen. I just happened to Google this morning to see if there was any info on those guys. Like maybe when they were going to reopen or just anything. Just give me some sign of life that they were coming back. Well, I end up Googling it and they are opening today. And I said, oh, that's amazing. So I go on the app and it lets me book or it lets you check in right so it tells you like the wait time or whatever then you check in so if it's a longer wait time you can kind of do what you got to do whatever and then show up at that time well that's what i did it was like a an hour and a half wait 
and I'm already in the middle of doing my day or whatever. So, check in. I, I get there right on time, right as it's time for me to get my hair cut. And there's this line of masked patrons down the sidewalk waiting to get in, waiting to get their hair cut. And I, I end up calling for my car, and I'm like, hey, guys, um, what do I need to do? I've already checked in. Do I need to stand outside in the line and wait with everybody else, which I was not going to do? Or do y'all let me in? Like, how does this whole thing work? Because they got, obviously, capacity limit and all that. And they're like, well, we don't really know. You're the first person that's checked in since, uh, or the first person that's booked your appointment online since we've opened back up. And I'm like, okay, well, could you figure that out? Because I'm, I'm not, not standing out here with all these, you know, masked crusaders on the sidewalk. It's hot. It's miserable. Uh, I don't want to get stuck in a conversation with somebody I can't understand because they have a mask on their face. And they come back and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, just uh, come up to the door and we'll uh, we'll get you in. Perfect. I get there. It's weird, first of all. I kept a mask in my car just in case because I figured I'm going to have to wear a mask, which turned out to be true. I get out, I go up there, and uh, the lady comes out, and she's like, you Andrew? Yeah, I'm Andrew, blah, blah, blah. She's like, all right, let me check your temperature. Okay. this I, I, I've heard of that happening, but this is the first time I've gone somewhere where they've checked my temperature. So she does the little forehead gimmick. Thank goodness. No rectal thermometer, just the forehead gimmick. So she zaps me in the forehead. She's like, you're good. All right, come on. So she leads me into the barbershop. The masked patrons on the outside gave me the nastiest looks you've ever seen in your life. Just nasty, nasty looks. Like, why is this guy getting to go in? He just pulled up. We watched him pull up, and you're going to let him in in front of all of us? I told my stylist, I'm like, hey, when I leave here, if you look outside and I'm being assaulted by a group of, of masked people... Don't come out here for your own safety. Just call the police, and I'll I'll try to hold them off until they get here. Luckily, that did not happen. I didn't get beat up by a bunch of angry people standing out in the heat waiting to get their hair cut. Got in, got out. It was uh, it was a good day, very good day. Plus, we knew we were doing the podcast tonight, which we're really excited about, and um, we're gonna keep it going. Like I said, we're in a position. Really what happened is we had been talking about starting this back. And I I didn't have any real intentions or real plans on how we were going to do that rollout. How we were going to get this thing back going again. And then I got a call from Talk 99.5, which a lot of you guys know, WZRR here in Birmingham, Alabama. And they're like, hey, we need you to fill in. For Leland, the afternoon guy, do his show throughout the week. And I'm like, okay, that's no problem. It was days later they informed me I would have to do that show from my house. Which I was like, oh, oh man. I was like, but wait a minute. This gives me the opportunity to, to dust off the podcast equipment, set it up, set it up in my son's room, as I've done here. And uh, possibly piggyback off that week on the radio and get the podcast going. And bam, here we are. 
Now, one thing you need to know, because there's going to be a lot of you guys that listen to this on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that. One thing to know is I don't have a, a definite time that this podcast is going to be conducted, whether it's every day or three days a week. I can't imagine we do less than three days a week. We just wanted to get this first one out there and get the momentum rolling. So because it's a podcast and because you'll be able to listen to it whenever you want, you don't really have to worry about what, um, you know, what time I start. I mean, as I said on the radio last week, just keep in touch on the social media, keep an eye on it, and I'll be posting when we go live. I may may only give you like a five minute notice, but nonetheless, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it rolling. We've got multiple mics in studio to bring in guests. We're also going to have hopefully some interesting guests on the show. Uh, there are some pretty high profile people we want to bring on via you know phone call or Skype or whatever that are hard to get a hold of. But nonetheless, we're going to try. We want this podcast to be broad. You know, we're doing the same old Andrew McLean stuff. We're giving you the news, whatever's going on. But we we would like to expand it out into maybe long form interviews as long as they're, you know, somebody that's got something interesting to say. I don't want to bring on some random doctor to talk about coronavirus and keep him on a podcast for an hour. That's a snooze fest, in my opinion. If it's somebody like Candace Owens, who we're actively talking to right now, bring her on. She'll talk to us for an hour. I'm sure we can get a lot of good content out of that. So that's kind of where we're at moving forward with uh, with this show. We're really excited about maybe even uh, bringing on Big Papa Trump. Who knows? You never know. Trump Jr. something. We'll figure it out, but... Uh, we're excited about what's going on and excited about starting this thing back up and it's going to be a good time. If you're our YouTube people that are just coming across this video or across this live video for the first time, there's social media to be able to follow us over the line on social media. It should be all on the, on the YouTube profile. By the way, if you're listening to this on the podcast, that's where we broadcast YouTube on the over the line YouTube page. All the info should be on there for Twitter, Facebook, and I think that's all we've got. But you should be able to find us and keep up with us that way. All right, y'all. Y'all ready for some some good show content? I've worked so hard on this. I'm ready to lay it down because it's been somewhat of a big news day. It's been a big day in the stock market as well. In the stock market, here's, here's the deal. In the stock market is something I've talked about when we were doing radio, I've talked about it in the past, and it's usually one of those things you just lead the show with. But now for me, like I'm actively in the stock market and decided to take advantage since everything plummeted in such a good economy. If you're not in the stock market, now's a prime time to get in before it's too late and everything comes back. But I've got a vested interest, so I've been keeping a close eye on this and really, really learning the ropes outside of just the general knowledge I had beforehand. But today was a prime example of how that works and how it coincides with the news of the day. Because the Dow surges more than 900 points, which 
is a general broad overview of the rest of the stocks and what direction they're heading in because of one of the companies that's working on a vaccine for the coronavirus had released a study, their study, that the people they're testing on for the antibodies and the, the, the ability for their body to fight the coronavirus is looking like it's a success. They had, I think, 45 different test subjects. They tested it on all 45 of these test subjects developed the antibodies to fight COVID-19. That's good news. So their stock, in particular, shot up 20-20%. Quick-like. And if they keep headed in that direction, outside of just the stocks that those guys have that are being publicly traded, that's good news for everybody. Because if we find out that you can get a little coronavirus, not die, and then you're able to find it off for good, we should be in the clear, especially especially if it's widely available, right? I know some of y'all, we, we want to talk about vaccines. We, we could have a whole show on vaccines, by the way, which is a whole nother thing. I'm trying to separate those two tonight, just for the sake of uh, not getting into that. I did, I did just yesterday, uh, while we were putting our brand new grill together, by the way, that's a done deal, we used it last night, uh, we watched the documentary called Vaxxed. It's been out for a while. And it, you watch that documentary, it, it'll keep you from getting a coronavirus vaccine. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. And did it? Sh- did I say that the, the stock shot up $20 or 20, 20%? Oh, my bad. It did. It sh- the, the, the stock's... On uh, from this company, which is called uh, Moderna, shot up twenty dollars, but I think that actually equaled out to twenty percent, from what I'm reading. Yeah, they their shares rallied twenty percent after the company reported the positive uh, phase one results for a potential coronavirus vaccine. So just just a little clarification there. Something else that made major headlines just happening a a couple two or three hours ago. The president, Donald John Trump, Big Papa Trump, as he's known right now, is at the White House, surrounded by representatives from different companies talking about vaccines, so on and so forth, as well as the reporters. They're talking about what's going on, where they're at on everything, and then he allows the reporters to give questions which is always primetime TV. Y'all know how much I love watching Donald Trump take questions from the press. He revealed right there in the jaws, you could hear, you could seriously hear the jaws hitting the floor. He revealed that he has been taking hydroxychloroquine for a couple weeks now. (laughs) And... I've actually should I I think I could just play this audio for you. It's it's absolutely absolutely precious. Hold on, let me let me pull this audio up for you. I'm uh since we're doing a podcast, we can just we're not bound by commercial breaks or anything like that, so I can just kind of wing it. I'm just hanging out with y'all, right? Is that how we're doing this? 
This is the president earlier today, just two or three hours ago, as he breaks the news to the press that he is actively taking hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) And he even says, uh, I've been waiting to tell you guys, but nobody... Nobody ever really asked me about it, so I didn't tell you. People are taking it, especially the frontline workers, before you catch it. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. I'm taking it, hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. They're like, when are you taking it? When are you taking it? I'm taking it right now. I think I, I just I just took it right now. You didn't even see me, did you? And if it's not good, I'll tell you right. I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years for malaria, for lupus, for other things. I take it. Frontline workers take it. A lot of doctors take it. Excuse me. A lot of doctors take it. I take it. Now, I hope to not be able to take it soon because, you know, I hope they come up with some answer. But I think people should be allowed to. I got a letter from a doctor the other day from Westchester, New York, around the area. He didn't want anything. He just said, sir, I have hundreds of patients, and I give them hydroxychloroquine. I give them the z which is zithromycin, and I give them zinc. And out of the hundreds of patients, many hundreds, over 300 patients, I've, I haven't lost one. He said, please keep pressing that, sir. Uh, and if you look at that phony report that was put in, that report on the hydroxy was given to people that were in extraordinarily bad condition. Extraordinarily bad. People that were dying. No, I, I think for whatever it's worth, I take it. I was, uh, I, I would have told you that three, four days ago, but we never had a chance because you never asked me the question. Are you the White House doctor that? recommend that you take that? Is that why you're Yeah, White House. That's my favorite part. He's like, I, I would have brought it up earlier, but nobody bothered to even ask me about it. Doctor, I didn't recommend. No, I asked him, what do you think? He said, well, if you'd like it. I said, yeah, I'd like it. I'd like to take it. A lot of people are taking it. A lot of frontline workers are taking hydroxychloroquine. A lot of front, I don't take it because, hey, people said, oh, maybe he owns the company. No, I don't know the company. You know what? I want the people of this nation to feel good. I don't want them being sick. And there's a very good chance that the... <laughs> I just love the way he phrases this stuff. I just want... I just want the people of this country to feel good. I just want everybody to feel good. It has an impact, especially early on. But you look at frontline workers, you look at doctors and nurses, a lot of them are taking it as a preventative. And they're taking, totally unrelated, but they take the z or the zithromycin for possible infection. Now... I haven't taken that other than an original dose because the, all you need, you don't have to take it simultaneously. But the zinc you do take. So I'm taking the two, the zinc and the hydroxy. The zinc and the hydroxy, because he's a rebel like that. He's, ta- he's taking both of them. And the press, literally, you think I'm exaggerating, but their jaws hit the floor when he brought this up. He's like, this is why, he's like, I couldn't wait to tell you guys about this because I knew your eyes were going to get as big as saucers when I told you. (laughs) Now, part of that is, one, they can't believe he went out on that ledge to lead by example. But two, 
there's some of them that actually believe the things they've reported over the past few weeks about hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, anything Donald Trump promotes is bad because Orange Man bad. Hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, according to the press, is a deadly drug that is the equivalent of taking rat poison that will kill you. For those reporters that actually do believe that or still believe that, some of them are probably even excited. Excited that the president, the bad orange dictator in the White House, is going to end up killing himself from taking this awful drug that's been around for 40 plus years and really hasn't killed anybody. The reason we know it hasn't killed anybody because the press would be all over it and would have reported it multiple times on a daily basis. That's all they talk about. There will be entire blocks segments on the news of the one guy that died from hydroxychloroquine they tried that once but it turned out the dude took like aquarium cleaner or something or actually no you know what happened it was some sort of fish tank cleaner but now there's an investigation into whether his wife slipped that in his drink in an attempt to kill him so there's a lot a lot of twist to that story that the media didn't really report on. So as uh, Trish, my girlfriend, and I are watching this press conference and, and the president drops the bomb that he's taking hydroxychloroquine, it's on, what are we watching? We're watching Fox News. Neil Cavuto, is, it's his show, and he is absolutely stunned that the president has done this now i told her as soon as he said that i said that's that's the headline of the day right there no matter what happens the rest of the day the president is taking hydrochloroquine hydroxychloroquine see i can't even pronounce it and that's all everybody's going to talk about now i didn't necessarily expect this response from neil cavuto but just as I'm sure CNN or MSNBC reacted, he was shocked that the president would do this because apparently in Neil Cavuto's mind, this is also the equivalent of taking rat poison. Here was Neil Cavuto's response once that press conference ended. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. All right. Um, that, that was stunning. The president of the United States, uh, just to acknowledge that he is taking hydroxychloroquine, uh, a drug that meant really to, to treat malaria and lupus. The president has insisted that it has enormous benefits for uh, patients either trying to prevent or already have a COVID-19. The fact of the matter is, though, uh, when the president said, what have you got to lose? In a number of studies, those uh, certainly vulnerable to the population have one thing to lose, their lives. A VA study showed that among a population of uh, veterans in, in a hospital receiving this treatment, those with vulnerable conditions, respiratory conditions, heart ailments, they died. 
There are also a number of other studies out, including the Journal of the American Medical Association, which examined some 1,438 individuals in the New York area across 25 hospitals from the middle of March to the end of March. The study was a real chance to look at the, the, the benefits that the president insisted were hydroxychloroquine. They concluded... Wait a minute. From the beginning of March to the end of March? Wow. That's an in-depth study. I'm sure that's extremely reliable. But that wasn't it for Neil Cavuto. Neil Cavuto was not done by a long shot as he decided to bring on a doctor that he already had scheduled to be on his show. And they were going to talk about this, this company that has had successful tests on creating antibodies with, I assume, what are volunteers getting paid a, a nice chunk of change. Which, by the way, I'll do that. I mean, if it pays enough, I'll do the old uh, uh, coronavirus uh, antibody test. Sign me up. But he brings his doctor on, and this doctor is backing up Neil Cavuto, talking about how dangerous it is to, to take this drug and how it could literally cause your heart to stop and for you to die immediately. But then he goes in to talk about how he's been prescribing it for 40 plus years and has yet to see a patient that has died from it. <laughs> which, which seems a bit odd. But as I've said numerous times throughout this pandemic, I'm not a doctor. So what do I know? I just know the media like the back of my hand. I know the Democrats like the back of my hand. But I'm no doctor. So don't don't let me don't let me rain on this doctor's prey, but I'll let you hear from him yourself. Here he is. Uh, as a preventive measure. I was uh, actually very surprised waiting to talk to you about the vaccine and then I heard his uh, meeting and I we have had no evidence whatsoever and we used it in those who are very sick and those who come in who are uh, and this was used like two and a half months ago and we saw absolutely no effect people on uh, patients of mine with lupus rheumatoid arthritis have been on this drug forever it's very useful in those conditions but as far as our treatment of uh, covid-19 patients whether you're slightly ill or very ill we have seen no effect whatsoever with this in this doctor's opinion it doesn't help whatsoever none whatsoever all the coronavirus people i've given it to has no effect but the kicker is it actually kills people right. Is, is there any danger, doctor, and this is where you could help out far more than me, um, advising people who might say, well, it might be a good preventive measure. The president of the United States is taking it. He thinks it's going to be beneficial. He's had no problems in the last week or so. So what, why shouldn't I? You say what? Well, the problem with the drug is very simple. This is a quinine-related drug. So First of all, that's a stupid question by Cavuto. He's phrasing it, and I, this is, uh, you can't tell which channel you're watching, watching this guy. He phrases it in a way to make it seem like since the president is actively taking this as a preventative measure and to lead by 
example, if you will, that it will then cause average Americans to start taking it without consultation with their doctor and massive number massive numbers of people will start dropping dead. This drug, in addition to Zithromax, which is the Zithromycin the president mentioned, can cause a widening of a certain kind of polarization within the heart. We see it on the electrocardiogram. When that widening is too great, it's called the QT interval, when that widens, you can have a fatal arrhythmia, which means an irregular heart rhythm, which will cause your death. And your death will be instantaneous. You wouldn't know what hit you. And the people around you would say, oh, my gosh, he's lost consciousness. He's unresponsive. And unless a paramedic or a doctor or a nurse is right there uh, that can reverse this arrhythmia, you're dead. And that's a big issue. Somebody was coughing in the background. Somebody needs to check on that. Max or uh, to take uh, Plaquenil, as it's known, or uh, hydroxychloroquine. I don't know the medical makeup of the attention the president of the United States gets, doctor, I assume, among the best in the world. Uh, and that, that the White House doctor would write off on this. Well, never mind. I didn't get enough of that clip to play you. But literally, he goes into this thing of how dangerous it is. You just heard it. And then he said, but in the 40 plus years I've been prescribing this drug to patients, I've yet to see anybody die from it. Although, in his opinion, it is very deadly and could just kill the president. DOA, dead on arrival. Unless there's a nurse there or a doctor there to reverse the damage that's been done, the president's just going to drop dead because he's taken a drug that's been around for decades. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. You got to say it like that. Makes it sound a lot more scary. It's amazing to me, and I I don't know that I was necessarily shocked to hear Neil Cavuto respond in that way, but I kind of was, because that's been the, the, the left's dog and pony show, is to paint this hydroxychloroquine as bad, as dangerous. Now, why are they doing that? Well, a, a bigger reason may be because... They actually know it does help. may not be 100% effective, but it could be effective enough for us to get back to normal, right? And what does the left, what does the media, what does the Democrats, what do they not want for us to get back to normal? They want 20, 25% unemployment. They want 30 and 40 million people to lose their jobs. So Joe Biden, who doesn't even know what day of the week it is, can say, well, I'm going to fix the economy. The president has crashed it. The president has crashed it with his response to the coronavirus. He's tried to kill people with hydroxychloroquine. He's a dangerous man. Orange man, bad. That's the strategy. That's exactly, exactly what's going on. You can go state by state by state across this beautiful country. Look at the status of their reopening as a state. Their regulations they have due to COVID-19. 
and automatically know whether it is a Republican-led state or a Democrat-led state. If the governor is Republican or Democrat, just simply by whether or not their gyms are open or their restaurants are open. And that's a problem because this should not be political. This should be evidence-based and it should be led with common sense. As crazy as that sounds, and I know that there's not a whole lot of that in Washington, D.C. and in governor's mansions across the 50 states, but that's how it should be handled it's as simple as that as you look at the states across this country and start analyzing what each of them are doing it's actually trending in a more reopening direction that is if you don't count bill de blasio the mayor of new york new york city He has gone back and forth with praising the president, demonizing the president. What happens, by the way, when you hear somebody like de Blasio or Cuomo or uh, uh, the, uh, the governor, Gavin Newsom out in California, when you hear those guys giving props to the president, when you hear them talking highly of the federal government's response to the coronavirus towards their state in particular, 12 hours later or less, that same governor will come out and criticize the president. Why is that? Well, that's because their party leaders come to them and say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're kind of defeating the purpose of this whole thing if you're going to praise the president. I know he's helping you out big time. And he's not letting your hospitals be overrun like everybody said he would. And people aren't dropping dead in the streets. And we still have a 99.9% survival rate. But it's an election year. This is not about a pandemic. This is not about the public's health. This is not about COVID-19. This is about an election. Everything they do revolves around politics y'all know that i know that they know that everything revolves around politics so they have to reverse course and say well you know (laughs) he didn't make enough masks trump didn't have illegal immigrants in the basement of the white house producing uh ppe for the doctors and the nurses He's taking hydroxychloroquine and telling people they have to take it as well. People are dying because of the president. We can't let him win in November. It's a blatant strategy. That's dumb. But nonetheless, back to Bill de Blasio, who literally talked about moving in a reopening direction, but then told the public the beaches are closed and that if they had to, they would put up fences around the beaches so people couldn't couldn't get on the beach. 
Now, first of all, that kind of puts a damper on the whole walls don't work thing. But whatever. That's a that's another story for another day. He literally said that if they, the, the city, see people out in the water at the beach, they will literally come jerk them out of the water and throw them in the pokey. Because you are violating the dictator of New York's mandate and you cannot go on the beach. So you better watch yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I believe that is a William Shakespeare quote. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'll double check the author of that, who originally said it. He said in his press briefing uh, that swimming is off limits as a strict coronavirus restrictions. They stay in place. He said, "There's a whole lot of things that I will not be uh, that will not be allowed at any beach in the state, but you know we're holding out the hope that at some point we could open up, and we're training the lifeguards and we're ready. No swimming, no sports, no gatherings, no parties. Just common sense. Observe social distancing. If you walk on the beach." Do it for a limited period of time, getting back home like everybody else. He said, in terms of enforcement, the NYPD will be out. The Parks Department will be out. Obviously, first and foremost, help make everyone remember, don't go in the water. You're not supposed to go in the water. It's a dangerous situation to ever go in the water when there's not lifeguards present. If anyone tries to get in the water, they'll be taken right out of the water. So he's literally... I don't know if he's going to do that himself or what the plan is, but somebody's going to take you out of the water if you go to the beaches in New York and try to swim. Don't get jerked out of the water. Now, outside of that... There are moves being made in the right direction as far as reopening the country. One of those is a county judge in Salem, Oregon, has declared the governor's... Uh, Kate Brown has, has declared her coronavirus restrictions null and void because she didn't have her emergency orders approved by the legislature. So that's the deal in Oregon. You're going to put in uh, emergency orders or any kind of mandates pertaining to that. You got to go through a democratic process. You got to go through the legislature. You got to get it approved by the rest of your government officials that were elected by the Organians, Organians, however you say it, across that state. It was... Baker County Circuit Judge Matthew Shirtcliffe. He made the ruling uh, today in a lawsuit brought by churches that had sued saying the social distancing directives were unconstitutional. So really what this revolved around were churches telling the governor, hey, you're poo-pooing on our rights if you're not going to let us go to church. 
Now, churches are smart. Most, most churches are smart. They're going to do what is safe for their congregation. They need their congregation. Especially, you know, I mean, some of these televangelist, money-hungry pastors, they don't need their congregation dying because they're the ones paying for his private jet, if you will. But the suit argued that emergency powers only last for a month, and after that, Brown would have to get legislative approval, and the judge agreed with that. Of course, the governor says she's going to immediately appeal the ruling to the state Supreme Court to try to keep the emergency orders in effect. She said... This will ensure we can continue to safeguard the health of all Oregonians, including frontline health care workers, those living in nursing homes, workers in agriculture and food processing plants, and Oregonians with underlying health conditions while the legal process moves forward. So, you're going to drag this out through court? It's obviously something she's trying to make a point with and not actually protect the health of the people of her state. Otherwise, she would realize there's no time for, um, you know, playing politics in the courtroom. But whatever. That's a right move made by that judge because un- uh, constitutional rights come before any of this other bull crap. I don't care what you say. Comes before all of it. Especially since it's been blown out of proportion. Oh, Andrew, Andrew, you're a you're a, a, a virus denier. You're a conspiracy theorist. No, it's just I'm pretty good at seeing obvious things. That's that's my thing. Now in Pennsylvania, coronavirus cases are dropping as that state gradually reopens. It dropped over the weekend. Uh, The state, with a population of nearly 13 million, reported 623 new cases of the virus as of midnight on Sunday. That's 366 less than the 989 cases that were reported on Saturday. Now, when you have your number of cases... That's nothing more, really, than the testing that's being done. Depending on how many tests you're doling out, that number fluctuates. And pretty quickly, too. So it's not a good marker to use for whether or not you're doing good. That death rate, well, I take that back. Even the death rate's not good because they inflate those numbers. But, um... That's a good sign, nonetheless, for for Pennsylvania. But the thing is, as far as testing goes, a lot of people aren't even getting tested. Remember the whole thing was, oh, Trump's not providing any tests. He's told us anybody who wants a test can get a test. He lied. We can't get a test. Blah, 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 blah. When that really was never the case. I mean, maybe in the early days, it was tough to get a test but now it's not for instance here in birmingham on any given day you can go to any of these testing sites and by the way they're all over the place 
and there's hardly anybody there. Even the Washington Post on the, their front page read this, and this is going to shock you. A boost in tests, but lack of takers. So we've got the test. Now, the Washington Post has been one of the top outlets that have hammered the president for not producing enough tests. We've got the test. We just don't have the people that really feel like they need to be taking the test. And the test is dramatically different and a lot easier, a lot less uncomfortable than it was when it first came out. People are realizing this thing is really not as bad as the media is telling us it is, as the governors are telling us it is. And that goes for almost all governors, even including in in red state Alabama, Governor Mamal K. Ivey, she's blown it out of proportion. It took a small uprising just to get our state backed open at the end of April. That almost didn't happen. But thank God for patriots that don't like their constitutional rights trampled on. Another one I saw was Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance. She has been in the news a lot lately for taking shots at the president, which that's all you got to do to be able to get some headlines, get some stories written about you. Uh, She went on MSNBC. She was talking to Brian Williams, I believe. And she was asked, now that Georgia is in a lot better shape after they reopened, if she needed to apologize to the governor for saying the governor was making the wrong move, Governor Brian Kemp. She said it was dangerous, and she hopes she's not right, but this is not going to be good. We're going to have a spike in cases, a spike in deaths. Actually, the opposite happened. But here is her appearance with Brian Williams with Lion Brian posing the question on whether or not she wants to still apologize to Governor Kemp for saying he was dead wrong on this whole reopening the state. I remember when we were talking to you prior to the quote-unquote reopening of Georgia, which, as we know, was very early, and let's also note there's a robust conversation going on about the quality of the numbers we're all getting out of the state of Georgia, but I think I remember you saying that uh, you hoped to be wrong, that you hoped the situation would be better than you feared, and if you in fact wrong you would say to the governor i was wrong is is there a um is it a little muddier than being able to say i was right or are i was wrong are we as of the time of this conversation somewhere in the middle do you think okay so <laughs> so ridiculous brian williams is like he's posing the question of georgia went in the right direction and you said you'd apologize if it did so are you going to apologize? But instead of saying that, he, he posed the question or laid the table, set the table, and then was like, so is it somewhere in the middle where the waters are muddy to where 
you know, even though he was technically right, you don't really have to apologize because he's a sleazebag Republican that supports the president. Um, I, well, what I can say, Brian, is it's not as bad as I thought that it would be, so I am pleased about that, but I still think it's too soon to say the reason being where is initially we were seeing increases between deaths and people... T- it's still too soon, y'all. It's still too soon. Here's the thing. The states that aren't opening are the ones that are being hit harder. We've seen stories left and right where people are are contracting the coronavirus, COVID-19, and they've been in isolation. They've been, they've been in quarantine or they've been at home with their family. But yeah, the states that are opening... Those are the guys that are in good shape. Why is that? You think that would tell you, hey, maybe it's a good idea if we start reopening. Some governors don't get that. Some do. This one was surprising to me. Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of the great state of Michigan, says she's going to let some retail businesses open their doors on Friday. So what is today? Monday? Monday, May 18th. So in just a few days, she's going to allow stores to come open. Now that's a that's a, a long way from where we were where you couldn't even buy vegetables or seeds. Right? Because <laughs> that, that's where we started at. But now she's going to, with restrictions, of course, and in most places still, you know, they're reopening with restrictions, is actually changing her tune a little bit. And that's big. And that shows you the power of the people's voice. Because if it weren't for the outrage shown by the American people, shown by the people of Michigan or Alabama or New Jersey or California or wherever... None of this would be changing. Even California, within 24 hours, reversed its its uh, decision or its prediction that sports would be happening within that state by July. Gavin Newsom came out today and said, okay, yeah, we'll probably have sports without, without a crowd or, or whatever the case. But Gretchen Whitmer, that's a big reversal. That is a big reversal. And I'll tell you, talking about the power of the people, one of the most heartwarming scenes I saw over the past few days happened just today where there was a gym in New Jersey that were defying Governor Phil Murphy's orders and opening their business. Because they're like, hey, here's the deal. We know we can do this safely. And if we don't open our doors, we're not going to make it. And that's what most of these businesses will do. Most of these people, most of these business owners want to just keep their business. And are willing to jump through all the, the safety and sanitizing and mask wearing They're willing to do all of that, everything they have to do to be able to open their doors. Even if they don't agree with it, they're willing to do it because they do not want to lose their business. But these people were told that if they open the doors, 
they would be fined or arrested or both. Same thing for the patrons. So tons of people came out there, showed up with signs and everything else to protest. Well, just across the street, the state police were lined up. They had been obviously sent there to break up the party once they opened the doors. One of the police officers gets in front of the crowd and asks everybody to quiet down. And he ends up telling them, Hey, y'all just be safe and have a nice day. And allows the gym to open. Listen, I, I don't know how good this audio is, but trying to listen to some of this right here. This is from... Um, I don't know who it's from. Somebody posted it on Twitter, but here's the uh, here's the audio. Speech. Speak your peace and don't worry about it. We are and we're only here for everybody's safety today. We plan for the worst, hope for the best, and it seems like that's what we have out here today. Yeah. Normally, you are all in violation of the executive order. On that note, executive order. On that note, nothing. Have a good day, everybody. Be safe. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't warm your heart, I don't know what will. You're, you, you've just, you've got a cold heart of stone. Channing USA. So the cop comes out and he says, with you guys being here, and everybody's in a big crowd, nobody's social distancing, a handful of people have masks on. He's like, you guys are in violation of the executive order. He said, with that said, y'all be safe. And have a nice day. Then everybody went nuts. So even the police, and you've seen it across the country with different sheriffs and stuff who have said, hey, you know, we're not, we can't enforce these unconstitutional laws because we are violating our oath, the oath we took to wear this badge. So we're not going to do it. We don't care what a governor says or what anybody says. We're just not doing it. These police officers, obviously, in that same boat and saying, hey, listen, I can't do this to y'all. I can't take y'all to jail. I can't give y'all tickets. Y'all get in there and work out and have a nice day. Trish was telling me uh, about what how some of the gyms are approaching this new standard, this new normal, if you will, which I refuse to call it a new normal. This is not our normal. It's new, but it's not going to be our normal. How these guys are approaching it to where... They're only letting so many people in. I think I heard they're letting uh, one group of people in for an hour and then letting those people out. And then another group comes in for an hour. You clean off the equipment before you use it. You sanitize it before you use it. You sanitize it and clean it when you're done with it. So it's literally being cleaned and sanitized twice between each use. And you can imagine how much that is costing a business. So they're taking the hit on that, but they're just grateful to have their doors open. Which, talking about the cost of all this, that's another thing. I'm seeing people on social media 
post over and over about restaurants and businesses putting a COVID-19 surcharge on their receipts. And I haven't seen one that was more than like $2. But they're charging everybody an extra 50 cents or a dollar or $2 or whatever in order to recoup some of the cost of them having to do business in this manner to, you know, allegedly keep everybody safe from from COVID-19. I'm seeing people freak out about it and they're upset. And I'm like, wait a minute. Let's just, can we just step back and think about this for a minute? If it's just a dollar or two, especially a dollar or two, like, can we just be grateful for right now that these businesses are open and understand that they're not adding that dollar to your ticket to rip you off? That they're actually doing that because the price of food's going up? The price of, of uh, the the crazy amount of sanitizer and, and PPE that they're having to buy. The more for, for these businesses that are, you know, doing takeout only, curbside pickup, whatever. The, the extra money they're having to spend on to-go boxes where they normally wouldn't pump out that many. Now, all of a sudden, every order has to have a to-go box. Like, these businesses want to stay afloat, but they have to do some reasonable things and just consider it. Because most of y'all go into these restaurants, especially the small small business places, small business restaurants, you're wanting to support those people. Well, guess what? That's a way to support them. They're not trying to rip you off. They're not trying to get an extra dollar out of you. They're just trying to find reasonable ways to stay afloat while we get through all this tomfoolery. Because every business just wants to wants to stay in business. It's as simple as that. It's kind of like uh, this. <laughs> it's kind of like this strip club in Wyoming. I just saw this from USA Today, and I'm gonna actually I'm gonna read you the first two paragraphs because <laughs> just the way it was phrased, I could see this little mealy mouth, scrawny, skinny jeans wearing reporter in here doing this story. You can just picture it as you read it. Here's how it starts. Here's here's the headline from USA Today. Pole dancing and hand sanitizer. Wyoming Strip Club reopens with mask on, clothes off party. So they've literally dubbed it the mask on, clothes off party. It says, Cleo counts out crumpled dollars, straightening the bills as she stacks them neatly on her bare leg. Quote, $22, the 23-year-old exclaims. Not too bad. All around her, more than a dozen nearly naked women are dancing on the stage and swinging from a brass pole as music thumps and customers shower the dancers with money. It's like any other night at this rural strip club on the Colorado-Wyoming border, with one notable exception. While the dancers are all wearing barely their outfits, every one of them is wearing a mask. Some are bandanas. Some are surgical masks. One looks as if it was swiped from a construction site. They're seemingly they're, they're a seemingly odd accessory for women wearing a mix of G-strings, bikinis, and lingerie. Again, these guys just want to stay in business. That's it. 
That's all they're trying to do. Just want to stay in business. Simple as that. Outside of that, outside of uh, everything working out nicely for those states that are reopening, and the fact that the president has been pro-reopening pretty much through this entire thing, the Democrats on Capitol Hill, they have other plans. In the midst of the pandemic that they claim is so, so, so bad, they have actually told the Supreme Court that they may impeach Trump again by 2021. For instance, before the next president is inaugurated, which is January 20th, I believe. January 20th, 2021. The Democrats are literally not just talking about it amongst themselves. They, they told this to the Supreme Court in a filing. Is a legal filing. Of course, CNN's the first one to get their hands on this. They published it. Democrats said they need the grand jury materials uh, because the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment inquiry into Trump, Trump's alleged obstruction of justice in the Russia investigation is ongoing. So what does that mean? They need access to the secret grand jury materials because they're still investigating the president in connection with the Russia collusion and may want to impeach him again. <laughs> so they want grand jury materials from the Mueller case. Let's just, let's kind of, let's kind of look back at this whole thing because the Democrats in the House, which literally run the House of Representatives, they're looking for, quote, Disclosure to the House Committee on the Judiciary of a limited set of grand jury materials for use in the committee's ongoing presidential impeachment investigation. It's, they're ongoing. They've already impeached him, okay? But they claim that that investigation is still ongoing. Here's where that, that whole saga starts. It's in 2019 when... Mueller determines that there had been no collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. When he released the report, though, Mueller submitted two volumes. You remember this. Two volumes. One on the collusion investigation and one on a separate obstruction of justice investigation. He made no recommendations for prosecution. But Democrats seized on uh, on the obstruction uh, the obstruction volume as providing the basis for potentially impeaching the president for obstruction. So Democrats claim that certain redactions in the report must have hidden some sort of relevant information, even though, if you recall, they declined to read the less redacted version. There was, there was a less redacted version that they could have easily gotten their hands on, but they refused to read it. The Republicans read it. The Democrats, they refused to. They also demanded access to materials that Mueller had shown a grand jury. Now, normally, normally grand jury proceedings are secret, which is why Bill Barr said that the Democrats can't 
get it. He denied the request, which is why they're in front of the Supreme Court. They then held him in contempt of Congress and took their case for the materials to the to the federal court. They held they held Bill Barr in contempt of Congress because he wouldn't violate federal law. Okay. Now this this makes the second time in history that an AG has been held in contempt of Congress. The first one, the first one was Eric Holder in the Obama administration because he simply refused to answer questions about something he claims he wasn't guilty of. So that case made it made its way to the courts. Democrats won when it first started. They won at the D.C. Circuit, and the Department of Justice appealed to the Supreme Court on May 7th, and Chief Justice Roberts put a temporary hold on the grand jury materials on May 8th. In their court filing, Democrats complained that further delays in the release of the grand jury materials would make it impossible for them to impeach the president again before Congress terms end. They said if DOJ's request for a stay is granted, DOJ need not file its petition until August 2020, and therefore this court likely would not determine whether to grant or deny that petition until at least October 2020, this substantial delay will seriously endanger the committee's ability to complete its impeachment investigation during the current Congress, which ends not long thereafter on January 3rd, 2021. That's what Democrats are consuming themselves with during this pandemic that they claim is so very dire. Between that and their $3 trillion wish list that they put up, that they passed in the House of Representatives, and then had the media push this bill to paint it to the American people, and anybody, any other on social media, you've seen this, to paint it for the American people that it's simply just a bill that gives people another round of stimulus checks and, and gives essential workers hazard pay. That's it. That's all it is. These people are out of their mind. Absolutely out of their mind. They're so out of their mind. I was watching Chuck Schumer on another show. And I, I don't even remember what show it was. MSNBC Live. This was on Saturday. They were asking Chuck Schumer about the president continuing to bring up Obamagate, Right? He's talking about Obamagate. He's talking about Flynn being railroaded. Chuck Schumer's response to this says that Trump is using conspiracy theories, many of which had Russian origin against President Obama and the 2020 Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden. He said right now at the White House, at the Camp David, instead of the president sitting down and talking with experts on COVID and how to get the testing out or how to follow up on getting a vaccine instead of doing what he usually does, making a grandiose announcement and then forgets about it. He's talking to a group of hard-right Republican congressmen to talk more about conspiracy theories. How do we go after Joe Biden? How do we go after Barack Obama? Mr. President, there's a crisis in America 
stop these conspiracy theories, many of which had Russian origin, and start rolling up your sleeves and helping us solve the problem here. I don't have to explain that hypocrisy to you. The hypocrisy of the Democrats wasting time with this $3 trillion bill, and also the Democrats wasting their time pretending to continue their impeachment investigation. I mean, it just seems a little odd to continue an impeachment investigation after you've impeached the president, but hey, who am I to say? I don't know. I, I don't know. It just, just seems a little hypocritical. All right, what other headlines we got on this Monday, May 8th, 2020? Uh, oh, the Florida Air Base shooter, you remember, that uh, happened on December 6, 2019. Mohammed al that's probably not how you say his name, but it's close. It's Mohammed. Everybody that's a terrorist names Muhammad, apparently. And sometimes it's even Muhammad Muhammad. This guy, they found out, has strong ties with Al-Qaeda. He was an Al-Qaeda guy. He was with the terrorist organization. And his, um, his thing was to be trained here in the U.S., show up on this naval air base in Pensacola and shoot as many people as possible. It had a lot of the same markings as the San Bernardino office building shooting. You remember all that? To where they needed to get in the guy's iPhone but couldn't and Apple refused to help him out. Which that's kind of a touchy subject as well because it comes to a point where you don't want the federal government to be able to have everything but it also hinders them from ensuring national security which is what bill barr said when he had this press conference today he said thanks to some of our great fbi technicians we were finally able to get into the phone and found valuable information that ended up leading us to find out that this guy is with al-qaeda and this was a modern day terrorist attack so that's out there as well. Uh, that's something that'll be we'll, we'll keep an eye on and keep up with. What else we got before we get out of here? Um, how about this? I got a report. This is out of Oklahoma City. The Oklahoma City Police Department received a call about a shooting at a McDonald's, according to their Facebook page. They said the suspect, Gloricia Woody, Miss Woody, she, she entered the McDonald's and was told by employees the dining area was closed. Well, Miss Woody was asked to leave, but she refused. She wasn't really happy about the fact that she couldn't eat inside the McDonald's. A physical altercation ensued between Miss Woody and an employee. Miss Woody was forced out of the restaurant by employees. She re-entered the restaurant with a handgun and fired approximately three rounds into the restaurant. One employee was hit in the arm. A second was hit with shrapnel in the neck and shoulder. And a third employee was hit with shrapnel in the side. The employee who was in this initial physical confrontation sustained a head injury 
The cause of the injury is still unclear. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, quarantine's getting to people, y'all. That's my point. It's getting to people. And we got we to gotta cut it out. We just, we just got to cut it out. Not to mention, you've got guys in Virginia, booze thieves, if you will, people that went into a store and stole some booze. Uh, their disguise was watermelons on their head. Literally watermelons that they had, I guess, cut a hole in, eye holes, and emptied the contents and decided to wear that into the store and then stole some booze. The kicker was, and I saw this picture, I thought it was odd, and I'm like, well, how did they get that? These two guys at the store, or at a store they were at before they went and robbed the other one, they stopped for pictures. People were stopping them, and they're like, hey, that's really cool, man. Let me take a picture of you. (laughs) So they're getting all this attention, and they still decide to start shoving bottles of liquor in their pants. Um... Even after that. So, they're in the pokey. Good for them. Bonehead and move. Whatever. And last but not least, I saw this the other day. I was going to bring it up on the radio. Uh, An eerie video. This one coming out of Indonesia. It appears to be... It's a funeral. The end Towards the end of the funeral, they have a casket laying down in the grave. And I guess they're saying their final goodbyes before they dump the dirt on top of the casket and fill the grave. Whoever is videoing this has the camera pointed at the casket, which has a small window on the front of it. The body inside appears to wave at the people looking, the people attending the funeral right in front of that window. Just like a little quick, hey, see y'all later. You need to look that up. If you hadn't seen that, you need to go look it up because it is super creepy. Could be something with the camera, reflection from some... I, I don't know. But it sure enough did look like somebody was in that casket. They wasn't ready to go just yet. And uh, <laughs> they were maybe they were waving. They wanted some backup. I don't know. But creepy nonetheless. That's it, y'all. That's it for our very first podcast back after so long. We appreciate each and every one of you guys asking, being supportive, and uh, keeping up with us. You'll always be able to find these on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, all the other platforms you can think of. They're all there. So get your hands on it. Listen to it. Share it with your people. All that jazz. We'll be back either tomorrow or Wednesday. We'll decide. We'll get a better grapple on when we're going to be doing these podcasts. But we are back. Don't worry. We won't disappear again. Until next time. See you, cook.